Picture this. There are 6.5 million animals entering animal shelters in the U.S. every year, according to the ASPCA. These animals are waiting for someone to adopt them and give them a second chance. No matter what background these pets come from, they are all in search of that forever home, full of love and happiness. However, not all of these animals are given that chance. According to the ASPCA, only 3.2 million animals are adopted out, and approximately 1.5 million are euthanized each year in the United States. Most often, animals are usually surrendered to one of two types of shelters, kill shelters or no-kill shelters. The terms kill and no-kill are used very loosely when referring to animal shelters, as the exact definition of both are hard to pinpoint. As the terms imply, kill shelters are more likely to euthanize animals within the shelter, whereas no-kill shelters do not euthanize animals unless absolutely necessary. With these terms in mind, it begs the question, are no-kill shelters more ethical than kill shelters? I'm Brooklyn, and this is On the Inside Podcast. First and foremost, it is necessary to explain what kill shelters are. Kill shelters, also known as municipal or open admission shelters, are government-contracted and are required to take in any and all animals that are surrendered, dumped, or admitted to the shelter. Since these shelters are required to take in every single animal that is given to them, they are more likely to euthanize healthy and treatable animals, as well as the unadoptable and untreatable animals, for the animal's welfare, as well as the space within the shelters. These shelters are often on the receiving end of non-stop hate to both the workers and practices in use. According to Hannah Shaw, in her video, Why I Support Kill Shelters, she states, There's a high rate of depression, burnout, and even suicide among shelter employees. Shaw also states, When we buy into the rhetoric that people who work in open admission shelters enjoy killing animals, We are spitting in the faces of some of the bravest people in the movement. Willingness to work in an open admission animal shelter means making yourself vulnerable to suffering that you might not be able to prevent. Kill shelters are often stereotyped as the worst shelter for animals, simply because they have to euthanize animals. Yet, this is not the case at all. As Alex Mays, author of the article, Oh So You Work in a Kill Shelter, writes, Instead of picturing these scowl-faced villains wearing black aprons, waving a blue syringe around like it's a trophy, maybe picture what's really going on. Picture the technician emotionally drained and exhausted, but forces a smile to make the animal you brought in to be euthanized more comfortable with a friendly face. People who work at open admission kill shelters are really just there to help, and not one of them wants to have to euthanize an animal. Not only are open admission shelters willing to help animals in need during their final moments, but they are also there to provide animals with the veterinary care owners or other shelters cannot offer. As mentioned by Alex Mays, she she states that animals who come to the shelter she works at are given the best care when they arrive and throughout their stay at the shelter. Although these shelters are willing to help and are able to give care to many of the animals they take in, according to Vocal, Because of the frequent deaths of animals, these shelters can be a very sad place to be. This often leads to the shelters becoming understaffed and constantly in search of more volunteers and more resources. Open admission shelters are, in the simplest of terms, safe places where animals in need of a second chance are given that chance when others simply cannot. The second type of animal shelter most often seen is private or no-kill shelters. According to Paws Chicago, at its simplest definition, 
no-kill shelters, and no-kill communities save all healthy and treatable pets. This means that depending on the shelter, no animals are euthanized without good reason. In order for an animal shelter to claim no-kill, it is required they maintain a save rate of 90% or higher. This means that the shelter saves 90% or more of the adoptable and treatable animals it takes in, thus living up to the no-kill name. Since most no-kill shelters have, or claim to have, such a high number of animals saved, the public is more likely to adopt from a no-kill shelter. As stated by Censor in their article, Do No-Kill Shelters Really Benefit Animals? They state, The animals in no-kill shelters are often healthier and much more energetic because they are usually young when they are dropped off, giving more incentive for people to adopt. This also means more funding from the public goes towards no-kill shelters in the community rather than the kill shelters. However, since limited admission no-kill shelters are able to pick and choose which animals they accept into the shelter, it means there is a higher rate of animals left in unfavorable situations or even killed due to unwantedness. As stated by PETA in their article Animal Shelters, they say many animals who are refused by turnaway facilities are dumped on the road, in the woods, in the yard of the local cat lady, or in the custody of some other unscrupulous person. Some no-kill shelters can actually be considered open admission if they have enough support from their community to do so, but this can backfire as some shelters become what is considered hoarders and are often in need of someone to take animals to other shelters simply because they cannot care for the animals anymore. Even though some of these types of shelters do not completely live up to the name, most no-kill shelters, just like kill shelters, are great places for animals to have a temporary home. Even though both types of shelters have their pros and cons, it's not the shelter's practices or their names that make one more ethical over the other. In fact, the terms kill and no-kill are derogatory towards both kinds of shelters, as the terms are used only to sway public opinion on the shelter's practices and not what they stand for. Both shelters offer, offer animals a chance at a second chance of life and the best medical care they can offer. It is easy for certain groups that classify themselves onto one side to point fingers and shout and scream at the other group instead of working together to find the solution to animal homelessness. Much of the cause of this problem is the undereducation of communities and the lack of programs dedicated to animal welfare, not what kind of shelter is present in the community. Programs such as Trap, New to Return, or TNR, and foster homes are vital to the decrease of animals that come streaming into the many animal shelters across the country, whether they are considered kill or no-kill. As stated by Hannah Shaw, it is on the shelter to set up the programs, but on the people to participate in them. When considering which animal shelter to adopt from, the decision shouldn't rest on which shelter has a better sounding name. Rather, it should be the animal in question. According to NBCLX, there is a saying in the animal welfare community that goes, When they adopt from us, they're actually saving three lives. They're, they're saving the life of that animal they adopt. They're making space in our shelter for us to bring another animal in because most of our animals come in through transfers to shelters in Central Valley. We're freeing up space there. So they're really, they're saving three lives. There's a ripple effect to adoption. This means that not only is the animal being adopted given a second chance, but it allows that animal space to be filled by another in need, hence the second life saved. With every adoption, more animals' lives are saved, giving the shelters sort of a ripple effect when it comes to saving animals. 
Shelters work to the bone to make sure every animal that comes to them finds their forever home, but they can't do it alone. It requires the people in the community to help with funding, program, and even adoptions themselves. As stated by Hannah Shaw. And when kittens are pouring through the doors in boxes and buckets, the decision of whether they get to live is not in the hands of the shelter employee. It's in your hands. If so many animals can be saved through adoption from both types of shelters, it should not remain a question as to which shelter should be considered more ethical than the other, but rather, what can be done to make sure every single animal gets that second chance at love and happiness and that ability to find their perfect forever home.